1: everyone to another episode of the show about science this is your host nate and today we're heading down to the shed aquarium in chicago to talk about a subject that's a little bit fishy it's going to be an awesome episode so let's meet our guest and dive right in welcome to the show thank you very much so could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself
2: my name is Eve Bars and I'm a senior aquarist here at the John G Shedd Aquarium in Chicago.
1: So how did you get interested in not just Asian carp but fish in general?
2: I love all freshwater fish and when I was young I did a lot of camping and fishing and I was outside a lot but I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. So I went to school for that purpose but along the road i met some scientists who are studying fish and i helped them out and i did some volunteer work and i went out in the field and i realized that you could study fish and you could learn the science about them and there's so little that we know that we are learning every single day about fish in the wild freshwater and in our oceans. And that fascinates me. I love learning new things. And here at Shed, I get to learn new things every day, too. We're constantly learning about the fish that we care for and giving back to that science community so that we can help the populations in the wild with the information that we're learning here. So
1: I've been interested in Asian carp for a while, and I first found out about them on YouTube. Well, I started with leeches.
2: Leeches are cool. They're really fascinating.
1: I found this video of Asian carp, and it was basically a video of a carp getting into a boat and smacking a person in the face five times. (laughs) And so I was like, what, why, how, where, when? And so, yeah, that pretty much started it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and that is a great intro into an Asian carp and the destruction that they cause to humans. And and it's a little bit symbolic of what they do to the environment. Maybe Um, it's interesting because what you saw is what we always see. If you go into an area and make a loud noise or turn on a motor, like on the back of a boat, they all jump into the air and they jump really high. They're really big. These fish can be really heavy and you've seen them. Then they have these really big heads. So the whole front of that head, they're kind of torpedo shaped. They're really strong. And the head is kind of pointy, and there's a lot of bone there, a big skull, a big head. And when they go flying through the air, sometimes they even knock people out of their boats. They can injure people. It hurts a lot if you get hit in the head by a flying Asian carp. I've been on boats and been hit in the legs and the stomach. It does not feel awesome at all. So it can be dangerous for people. And if you get knocked out of the water and you're not wearing a life vest, that can be dangerous. So they pose a threat. The interesting thing is they don't always jump over in Asia, where they're from. So scientists still haven't figured out quite why their behavior is so different here. But a lot of times, when animals are not in the environment that they are adapted for, they have different behavior. What are
1: Asian carp?
2: That's a great question. It actually encompasses several species of carp. So they're all invasive and they come from Asia and they are silver carp, big head carp, black carp, and grass carp. Oh. So all of these combined, we refer to as Asian carp.
1: And I heard you use the word invasive there. What does that mean?
2: That means that they are not supposed to be here and they're taking over the habitat where they're currently living. So They're an animal that is supposed to live in some other part of the world. They found themselves here, and now they don't have predators, they don't have any checks and balances, and they're taking over the environment.
1: So, how do invasive species get to the places where there's no predators?
2: Well, the simple answer is humans. In the case of the Asian carp, they came here because humans put them in aquaculture scenarios fish farms and eventually those fish farms flooded and they swam out and got into rivers and so they've been moving up the mississippi river and now they've moved into illinois and the illinois river and now they're kind of knocking at the door of the great lakes
1: So, what work is being done to prevent the Asian carp from spreading to the Great Lakes or to other places now that we know that they're a threat and they're here?
2: There's a lot of work being done. So a whole bunch of scientists from a whole bunch of different agencies are working together to try to figure out where the carp are and how they breed here in this area that they aren't used to and how fast they spread. And right now there are a whole bunch of things in place to try to prevent them from getting into the Great Lakes. So we have a big electrical barrier. We as humans actually connected the Great Lakes to the Mississippi River through the Illinois River through some canals that we dug. Normally, those systems are separate. But humans like to move a whole bunch of goods through barges, and so we connected so you can go through the Great Lakes and through the canals and on down the Illinois River to the Mississippi and all the way to the Gulf. Because we made that connection with that canal the fish can swim straight into the great lakes so along that line we do a whole bunch of surveying to see if they're there to remove them if they are and we have an electrical barrier so basically the fish notice the electricity in the water as they approach it they don't like that feeling and they turn around and they swim back down so that's one way we're preventing it and then we're also we have teams of scientists all along the lake and all along the rivers to sample these carp to take them out of the waters to try and keep a really close eye on where they are so that we can tell how close they're getting to the Great Lakes.
1: What do invasive species like Asian carp do to the ecosystem?
2: They destroy it. So they come into a space that has never seen this species before. And so the environment really isn't set up to feed it and to house it and to have natural predators. So when an invasive animal that is not native comes in, there's nothing there to meet it that might eat it. So we've seen that eagles and osprey and otters will sometimes eat Asian carp, but not very many. So those animals that would normally feed on fish and keep animals in check are not really feeding on them. And sometimes bass, Or mud puppy salamanders are eating some invasive species, but not many. So there really aren't any natural predators to keep the populations in check, so they just explode.
1: So what are the downsides to being an invasive species and breeding out of control?
2: Pretty much... You can have this population boom so much that there's so many of you that you eat yourself out of house and home. So the animals themselves might starve if they take over something because there's not enough food to sustain the whole population. Meanwhile, they're also taking all that food away from the native species and kind of disrupting the whole ecosystem.
1: And you have some of the Asian carp here at the shed Aquarium. Were they trying to swim to the Great Lakes?
2: We got those through some of the agencies that were doing the research on the carp. So we got them from further downstream. So they weren't super close to the Great Lakes. Um, They're the lucky ones. They get fed a big nutritious diet and they're on display here. Um, They're ambassadors to show people how big these animals can get and what they eat and what they look like so people can recognize them if they're out fishing or if they're um, along the lake and they think they see one. Um, So the animals that we have downstairs, we have grass carp and big head carp and silver carp on display. So you can check those out too um, as you're here at shed. You can check out the fish, learn to identify them and tell them apart from our native fish.
1: What do you say to people who are like Fishing for them so that they could eat them and that
2: sort of thing. That's a great thing. And those people are heroes. We should all fish for them a little bit more. Or, at the very least, you mentioned that they were fishing for them and maybe trying to eat them. They're actually pretty tasty. Have you ever tried them? No, but I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. They can be tricky to catch. So these guys don't eat the way most fish that we fish for eat. A lot of times you can have a lure or put bait on a hook to catch a fish. Mm -hmm. But these guys are filter feeders. Did you know that? No. So filter feeding means that they open up their mouth and they draw in a bunch of water and they filter out all the tiny things. So they're gonna eat the tiny little Daphnia and tiny little algaes. And that is actually the food that our native baby fish eat. So when a bass or a bluegill lay eggs and those babies hatch and they're teeny tiny, they need to eat that tiny food. But instead, this really big invasive carp comes along and eats it all. So they're out competing our native fish because they're eating all of this tiny food that our baby fish are supposed to eat. So how can you catch them? You can set out different nets and there are people who used to catch our native fish and make a living from doing that. And all the native fish populations plummeted. They went down when the Asian carp invaded. So they've switched. So they use a variety of different methods, different nets that they can pull them in. And sometimes people try to angle for them and they have some baits that will disperse and they try and hook them that way. But the easiest way to eat one is to go to a fish market and ask for it. And sometimes it goes under the name silverfin and you can buy it in a supermarket.
1: Right now, we're pretty lucky because scientists like Eve have been able to keep Asian carp out of the Great Lakes, but it's important that we realize what could happen.
2: We think that if these animals get into the Great Lakes, they could really change the whole ecosystem, they could change what the water looks like, they could change the animals that are currently living here, and they could change how we use that lake. We might not be able to use our recreational boats the same way, we may not be able to do commercial fishing and make a living the same way. So I think we're all in this together and we can all help prevent the spread of invasive species by learning more about this. So thank you for bringing this subject to light and for sharing this information with other people so they can join us in preventing the spread of invasive species.
1: You're welcome, and thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Music on today's episode was produced by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And our theme music was written by Jeff, Dan, and Teresa Brooks. For more episodes of the show about science, make sure to visit theshowaboutscience.com. Okay, Dad, you can shut the recording off. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about a new podcast I'm producing. It's called The Show About Titanic. It's hosted by my friend Edward, and here's a little bit of what you can expect. If you like it, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Show About Titanic. My name is Edward, and I'll be your host. And the topic of the podcast is naturally all about the Titanic and... It's passengers and its crew. Why am I so interested about the Titanic? I sometimes ask. Well, here's the answer. So I have a relationship with the shipbuilders, which is kind of cool sometimes. I found that out in a textbook that had my mom's last name on it, which is kind of odd. I'm like, oh, just maybe it be a coincidence. And then my mom revealed the truth to me. Said, Edward, we're related to the Titanic. And I'm like, this what? Well, we're not really related to the ship. We're related to the ship builder. <laughs> so that's how we got into the Titanic. It's pretty funny. So, what can you expect here on this show? Um, So it will be all about the passengers, the crew, how the Titanic functioned, and how the lifeboats work, and kind of like a few passenger stories are going to come in. So I hope you subscribe to the show about Titanic, and don't forget to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll see you on the next episode of the show about Titanic at Belfast. Where Titanic was made, or the origins of the ship were made. Bye for now.
0: Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.